Hello and good evening everybody, FPL teacher here, starting Saturday's reviews of Game Week 11 with Leicester nil, Palace nil. We look at what contributed to the clean sheets from both sides as FPL managers are extremely interested in their assets over the next 4 to 5 game weeks. We will look at what tactics they've both employed and crucially where both sides' attacks broke down. Leicester 4141-451-433, whatever have you. The standard tried and true methods are what Brandon Rogers chose here, doubling down on their individual attacking qualities over the course of 90 minutes. Let's go through each side's qualities flank by flank, starting with the left, where Harvey Barnes and James Justin continue to attempt breaking forward at speed. The crucial thing here is that Harvey Barnes, this time round on the left flank, worked with either his central midfielder, Kevin Dewsbury Hall, Kieran Dewsbury Hall, sorry, or James Justin on his left side. Now, there was no assistance from Patson Daka this time compared to previous games. So a lot of Harvey Barnes's chances, especially in the opening period, were based on one-two passes using his flank players. Now, it helped that a lot of these one-two first-touch, first-time passes were played around Crystal Palace's aggressive pressure. So the instructions were relatively direct. And so Harvey Barnes, you know, go, went through that sequence of just playing the one-two pass, dribbling into space, and shooting from wide. So it was no surprise here that a lot of Harvey Barnes's shots, especially in the opening period, were relatively low XG. Now, as the game went on, Attacks leaned more towards the right side, which has been more productive over the past few weeks. Timothy Kastan was a big instigator of attacks down the right side from right full back, and obviously this heavily benefited James Madison. Now, the most consistent attacking pattern here this time round is that number one, the trigger is Yuri Tillemans from right central midfield dropping into right back. Now this movement is relatively new considering the fact that usually Leicester's back four receives no help from any of their central midfielders. So Yuri Tillemans dropping into that right centre back almost prompts Kastan to bomb forward really, really hard. Okay, so the sequence here is that Tillemans drops and so two particular movements surface. Firstly, Kastan obviously bombs forward because Tillemans takes up his space. Secondly, Dewsbury Hall on the left also prompts Madison into that same space between the lines. And depending on who is free, Tillemans would free Kastan and Kastan will have the choice of finding Dewsbury Hall, Madison in central midfielder or Patson Daka all the way up front. For FPL purposes, this movement down the right side is way more promising because number one, it harmonizes with James Madison, although not available for next game week. But at the same time, it means that if you are looking for a cheap defender for game week 12 because of all the blanks, Timothy Kastan is almost certainly top of the list compared to James Justin. Crystal Palace, who decided to play it safe, really, by 
redeploying Tyreek Mitchell at left back now instead of the adventurous Jeffrey Schlup, which meant that the central midfield was arguably left less creative with Michael Ollis benched. So, unfortunately for Palace, there was a significant stop-start pace about their attacks going forward because number one, obviously Wilfred Zaha was doubled up in attack once again. And at the same time, on the right side, Jordan Ayew also received no help from that inside the outbursts of Michael Olis. So the question is, where did most of their attacks come from besides free kicks and corners? Palace leaned in to their strongest side, which is to their left, and it largely centered around the movement of Ebre Eze. So Ebre Eze traditionally starts from left central midfield, and he would either double up with Zaha on the left side, or he would just play the number 10 role himself and take charge of games. In this particular case, his movement only became productive when Odson Edward himself dropped into central midfield from, from the striker's position. So the sequence that we are picturing away from home in particular is that Edward drops deep as they moves forward. The two of them combine in attacking midfield creating space either for Zaha to run into or both of them that will link up and create a shot from range. A lot of Eze's shots, particularly in the 43rd minute, yeah, uh, oh sorry, and the 11th minute, basically revolved around this type of combination play. Whereas Zaha, well, his shots as well in the 63rd minute were a result of Edouard and... Eze linking up to create space so that Zaha can dribble and shoot from the outside in. Now, for FPL purposes here, it just means that deep and compact defences will inevitably stifle Palace's attack. And it, the question comes down to whether Palace actually take the lead. Traditionally, what happens with Palace games is that they thrive on counter-attacks, which is part of the narrative. So, in order to thrive on counter-attacks, you need to take the lead. And in this particular case, because Leicester dominated the ball so much, Palace had a lot of the ball in their back four. So if you look at their stats, the number of passes the back four and Guaita racked up actually went way past the 30-pass threshold. But for everyone else, there was they barely made it past 30 passes. So their back four is actually still nailed on bonuses and the debate between Guehi and Anderson still favors Guehi for now because of Anderson's yellow card but if you remove Anderson's yellow card he would have he would actually have ended up on 31 BPS which surpasses Guehi's bonus potential so you can treat the yellow card as a one-off or you can just stick to the narrative and go with Guehi's more value for money prospect at 4.3 million but either way, you wouldn't put a foot wrong. And as it stands, set pieces wise, Anderson is still slightly more threatening, even though Goehi had the extra shot here. There are two types of clean sheets that occur in the Premier League. The first kind nowadays that we see a lot is that a team dominates the ball so much that they just prevent their opponents from getting anything significant out of the game. The second 
more recently in this particular match apply to both Leicester and Palace where their attacks just failed to materialise into anything where they get into promising positions but ultimately because they're reliant on individual player quality the volatility of this approach results in a lot of shots taken from range ultimately resulting in nothing fruitful. This is FPLD just speaking with the midweek games in mind we'll continue to churn out reviews as soon as possible. Stay tuned for more.